Hello again, and welcome back to the Fear and Beer podcast, where we talk all things horror, horror nights, and just a dash of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Here we are, Killer Reviews. January first, twenty twenty one. We made it. <laughs> made it through the year. You almost didn't get that right. You no, had to, you I had, had to. You had to think about it for. Yeah, a that wasn't a pause for the brain fart. Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't a pause a, for wasn't anticipation. A, wasn't a dramatic Tired of this pause. Year. No, was, that what was. Year is it? That was just to, to make sure I was correct. Pause. Well, as you can hear, killer reviews. We are back with Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's always fun. Always fun. You and gotta, you got to have another voice in the room when it comes to these movies that we, we these movies that we seem to find. <laughs> this one we will get into, that's for sure. But we are going to be going through Terror Train from 1980, and this was right in the middle of right in the middle of Jamie Lee Curtis's Scream Queen. This is kind of how she got the name. This is part of that. I wouldn't say this is one of the top ones, but it was in that. Well, she did three, three years. like the same year as this one. Right? Yeah, nineteen eighty, so like Halloween, and then and then this bang, one. these three in a row it was like the fog, right? Yeah, and then this one, and what was the other one? Prom night, I think, or something. Prom night, that's what yeah, it was. Prom night was the other outside of Halloween was like the other big like horror movie that she yeah. did at the time. So I mean, right. I mean, granted, probably one person in our audience actually knows what this movie is. Yeah, <laughs> this is this was a deep dive. It's that's your lucky for day, sure. whoever you might be. Yeah, so this is. Uh, this is fun. So we were searching through for, obviously, killer reviews. We try to theme up our movies to the month, and New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, good way to kickstart January, and boy, did we pick a winner. That's for sure. Yeah, Real winner one, I mean, here. Literally has nothing to do with the holiday. Well, so we, we picked this one. So the, the party, so Terror Train is a party on a train, and the, they are celebrating New Year's Eve. Yeah, so, so that's, I guess it's that's the tie in. That's the tie in there. I mean, we were pretty limited. There's a couple New Year's Eve, New Year's slashery one so we'll, we'll get a couple for next year as well but the, the loose tie-in was this is a essentially what people have described as halloween on a train which i think is dragging halloween's name sure. through the mud a little bit yeah but the fact that it came out at the time it did with jamie lee curtis yeah okay sure. and, and the Bye-bye. writer i think that's how he described it when he told his wife i think he's like he had this dream and he's like what if we did a movie that was like halloween on a train and she said that's a terrible idea and so he, he jotted down terrible train <laughs> and then he said the next day when he thought about it he changed it from terrible train oh. to terror train. oh well he should have kept it as terrible train that's for sure yeah all right i'm so, gonna need beer to talk about this all movie, right though. well let's cue that and that sounds like a good jumping off point so killer reviews we have our three beers we got each a beer that we are going to kind of sip on and present and it seems like i have been on a Hidden Springs Ale Binge in their brewery out in Tampa, Florida. They've always caught my eye with crazy names and crazy crazy labels and really funky style beers. And have we featured them on the podcast yet? I don't. I think don't believe so. we have. If if if, ever, if I go back and think about it, I don't think we've actually featured them at all. No, which this is, is the, the first time we've actually had one of their beers which on is, the podcast. Well, now we're gonna have two because we have. Actually, you know what? Did we? I did Deja Vu before. Did you? Yeah, maybe yeah, we did, did Deja Vu. That was maybe. yeah. Either but way, still we're a shame. Obviously, fans of this brewery. Yeah, so they do great, great stuff. Again. You can always find if you're in the area. Pretty much all the little places that have Total Wines has it. Gnarly Barley sells them. 
Nightly Liquor sells them. Yeah, so if you're in the area, you can find stores. these cans. And as soon as you see I mean, them, you'll know. To be know. fair, if you're in the in your, if you're in the area, I would recommend driving to Tampa and check out their brewery, the brewery itself. Itself, because yeah. they've got a lot of stuff that you can get. They at do the brewery. Yeah, they do a lot of releases there. So check them out. What I have in my hands is Serenity Now, Insanity Later, which I guess it kind of ties in a little bit. It has a couple little like horror-themed things on there, a little Black Widow spider and bones and a little grave site. And Insanity Later kind of is my spin on this movie, where now after watching it, <laughs> I'm going to go insane trying to understand what is going on in this debacle of a movie. So let's see. I'll crack this over. So Serenity Now. Yeah, let me pass the glasses. I'll, uh, I'll crack it. I'll read it a little bit, and I'll, I'll send it over to Seamus. But Serenity Now is a chocolate-covered cherry-inspired sour ale with milk sugar. So is that hey, sour ales with milk sugar? Is that yeah, all I mean, too it's, common thing? Or is it's, that a, I don't know how common it is, but it, I mean, I've had it. Yeah, yeah usually, had it's, it usually it's used in, like... In beers that are described as milkshake, so usually you get a milkshake IPA. Mm, those are yeah, which is creamy, or something that's described. Some sometimes a lot of beers are called like smoothies. They'll yeah. use it in there, but I I mean it adds sweetness and creaminess to any style, I guess. So use it in whatever you want. Yeah, right. Which is we had that milkshake one before. Yeah, that was our favorite. That was like our, our favorite. yeah. We had I forget which one that was, but we, I think when we all had it, we were kind of like this might be the best one of the night. So. I don't think I've ever had a sour ale. No, not with, with not with, with milk this. sugar in it. But I've also kind of got a soft spot for cherry beers. Yeah, and like this is... back when Sam Adams did the cherry wheat, and I was still kind of like a macro drinker, mm. and before I really got into craft, and they were kind of like my doorway into the craft beer world. Um, I loved their cherry wheat, so ever since then I've just kind of gravitated towards other fruit style beers. So. This is probably going to kick my butt because I get really bad heartburn, but... Yeah. Well, that's why we sample these a little, ones bit of a little bit. These are five, this one's only 5.5%, and it is that Berliner Weiss, so it's like yeah, kind it's of like, an offshoot sour, I guess. I don't know if it's No, full. I mean, Ber- Berliner Weisses are typically that's what sour is, yeah. ales, so, I mean, sour is sometimes a little funky. Yeah. Sometimes you get that really pungent Yeah, nose I mean, it's not it. like... I, I wouldn't consider it a, like a Goza sour. Like, Gozas are obviously a little bit more pucker. Factor, and gozas are salty in a burly salty, is, less sweet. Is, is so not, yeah. I don't know. But it smells, it smells good. like I'm getting a little like bit more cherry, I mean, tart cherry, and like yeah. some pungent. Reminds me, I don't even know those candies, but they're like the little, the little cheap chalk, you know, chocolate covered cherries that are gas stations for a quarter, yeah, or those like hard cherry candies. I, I, yeah, they call every them. grandma's house, yeah, <laughs> grandma exactly. candies, like 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 uh, lifesavers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Smells good. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. That is good. Wow. The you milk sugar cuts that sour. And I was just going to say the same it thing. It drops I think, off fast. Yeah, I think I think the milk sugar makes it... like Not that I don't like sour beers, but I think it adds a different element to it where you get a little bit of that that little that sour you know ale fermented sour stuff. Right. So when you <laughs> a lot of times you'll take a sip of a sour and it'll you'll get it on the tongue. You'll taste it. And then as you swallow it, you'll get that that real sharp tartness in the back of your, your throat, throat. Yep. that part doesn't happen. No, you that's taste good. the tart, the sweet tart, and that's then it, and really then it fades it. real quick. It's, it's very, it has a very distinct like two layers. Like that first punch in your mouth is that sour. And you're like, okay, here we go, another sour, and it coats it, which is nice. 
Yeah, and I think he just made a good point. He just said sweet tart. It's almost like mm-hmm. drinking liquid sweet tarts. It, it is. That That's yeah. a great description. And it's weird. I, I'm, are you getting a lot of like chocolate cherry at all, or is it more the sour? There's a little stuff? chocolate to it, but I don't... Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing to kind of add to a sour. I mean, you associate chocolate with stout so often that... Yeah, I mean, I think we you, we had one... I don't know if we had it on the podcast or not, but I did share a walrus one with you. Mm-hmm. The, I am the walrus. I am the walrus. In the same brewery. Had the same type of thing. And then the other one they did with the um, the one you wanted, the, the the one that has to do with Arrested Development, I think. Or oh, uh, Never Nude? Never Nude. Never yeah. Nude. That, that was one had really like a, good. It was like a cherry... It was like a chocolate banana. Chocolate, vanilla, banana, like sour ale yeah that one which had that really chocolate good. element yeah if there's it. chocolate in there for me it's very faint it's very yes yeah. Yeah. subtle it, subtle at mo- I, I feel like it's it got definitely more not like off. a milk chocolate it yeah. might be a little hint of dark chocolate in there but i might be grabbing my it. guess I'm, is I'm they probably threw that coke coke cacao nibs in it or yeah. something along those lines because i got more chocolate like off the nose maybe just because i i read like chocolate covered cherry and i associate that like candy that i had in my mind and I get a little bit of the smell, but definitely not on the on the taste. Either chocolate or no chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's this is really good. I love this it. This is really enjoyable. This is good. I really wish I got the. Uh, well, now I know because I only got this as a single, and they do have four packs of this. So this is going to be. Have to look for it because this is pretty good. And I don't think this is like a limited release one. I feel like I've seen this one around for a little bit, so this one might be one of their kind of regulars. And this is one of the breweries we stopped at, right, Seamus, when we were in Tampa? Yeah, when we took the tip to Tampa, we stopped at Hidden Springs. We'll have to swing over to find parking, because I think we were like, can we that's park the one we, here? That's the one where we, we, yeah, we circled the block four we times. circled it a bunch of times. Because it was all no parking signs, but there wasn't a car to be seen for miles. And right, we just, exactly. we just decided, you know what, we're not going to be just in there screwed. long enough for them to even get the tow truck here. Yeah, let's, no. just go, let's just go get our beer. Just wait. Right. You got to risk it for the biscuit. But, I mean, it's good, because like, I think cherry, cherry specifically, at least for me, um, personally, is hit or miss. Like, I've had some really good cherry-style beers, Mm -hmm. and I've had really bad cherry-style beers. And I think it's, I don't know if it's because they use, like, cherry flavoring versus actual cherries. They use black black cherries versus... Or of some kind, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I think it happens with a lot of pumpkin beers is that some people will use a pumpkin puree... And others will use real whole pumpkins. Versus putting like pumpkins in while they ferment. Right, so it changes kind of where you're getting the flavor. Some people will drink, like... You know, shipyard, which is more of a puree mash, versus someone who drinks like a Sam Special, which has like you know actual pumpkin Full in it. Pumpkin, yeah. And it's different because it's I think more woodsy, more like natural flavored in that sense. Whereas the shipyard stuff is more sweet. So this is, if, to me, I, I I don't know the whole process, but my to me this seems like they probably did real cherry mm-hmm. in the batch when they fermented it. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, and as I drink it, it gets a little chalky. Like, I'm, my mouth's getting almost dry. Mm-hmm. Pushes you for that next sip. That's for sure. Which and I think almost with sours, But do. almost with a, but with a sweet tart. You know, yeah, it's right. been a long time. But you have them, and that and it kind of leaves sure. that chalky yeah. yep. flavor or sensation. Yeah, oh, this is old. And this is, like, I feel like this is... It, it's just so much of a staple of Hidden Springs where all of their beers are just... These ridiculous flavors yeah, and concepts. They, definitely they don't funky. have a simple beer. I mean, I mean, maybe no, they do. I, mean, but I think like, the closest thing to like a traditional style they have is their ZFG, like just, like just the, the IPA, IPA, the double IPA, yeah. American style IPA. Everything else they've had from them is, like you said, really funky, fruity, different types of experimentation when it comes to like what they put in them. Yeah. In the in the mash, and they so. do it. They always do it well. So yeah, yeah hats bravo. off. I mean, I haven't had a beer from Hidden Springs where I was like. 
iffy on. Like I've pretty much enjoyed everything they've they've I've had from them. Um, that might have to be an episode. We might have to make a uh, a trip down yeah, there. Yeah, hey, if anybody like listening from Hidden Springs, a live thing from there, a yeah. live tasting yeah, or something. Well, we'd love to do like an interview once with them. breweries are back open in a normal state. Mm-hmm. I mean, you right, could, you could. Do a do a podcast right from one of the breweries. I mean, people tend to people, sample the beer right from the source. Right. Yeah. People forget that like Mad Max was based in 2021, so we could be in for a ride this year. But <laughs> we'll fingers crossed that we'll see what everything's happens. normal. <laughs> as long as it doesn't end up like fucking terror train, then we're we're good. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible train. Yeah. Yeah, terrible train. All right. Do we want to do uh, Hidden Springs sandwich, or do we want to do Hidden Springs first, and then we'll go back to, to back? What do you think? Uh, let's go. Let's switch it up. Let's go to you. Do me, uh, and then right. we'll 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 finish off again with some more Hidden okay. Springs. Cause... So what I brought over this this time is actually a brewery that we had done. I think. Our last episode, to be honest with you, Might have been. either the last oh, episode yeah. or the episode before. Yeah. Um, no, it was definitely the. It was the one before because we did the March Madness style heroes, one, yep. which we did a different type of beer. Um, so this one, it's another Nightmare Brewing uh, company. I forget exactly where they're based out of, but they're the brewery that typically brings in heavy metal artists and other types of you know dark art type stuff where they do like sketching and that sort of thing for their labeling so really what catches me on these guys beers is their labeling and this one's really messed up it looks like some sort of saw it looks very sheen very phallic with a dude's like intestines being yanked out of him oh that's what those were okay and being like chain it's really weird i thought it it was his job and it's like really simple like almost childlike yeah it's definitely a dude comes in and doodles or whatever and gives it to him it's like something you'd find in the back of your geometry geometry (laughs) right ninth grade right in that episode that we had the other one on like i told nick they they bring in guys that have done artwork for other like metal artists so like guys that have done stuff for slayer and um cannibal corpse and other types of like heavier metal music and obviously not everybody's into that i am but um, that really catches my eye when I when I got the beer, and it turns out that it was really good. And like the last one we had, it had Pentecost. What what was it like? Jesus crackers, whatever the Jesus oh, crackers yes. are called. Yeah. Not to offend like the, any any religious people listening, but they use the little the little uh, you know Eucharist. body of Christ Eucharist in the mat and in the in the brewing process, which is super sacrilegious and I find hilarious. So. I'm interested to find out what's in this one. I haven't really looked it up yet. It's called yeah, because the one we did, the one we did was what Fear of the Dark. No, it was, um, was the, the third crucifixion, crucifixion war, something like that. Yeah. Something ridiculous. This one's called Windless, Windlass of Krasmus. Um It's really hard to read the can because it's like red lettering on black labeling. So I'm going to look this up real quick in. Untapped and get a better description of what it is if I even get one from it. So we're gonna scan that bad boy. So yeah, so it's a goza with blackberries, black currants, and black sea salt. So oh, that sounds damn good already. Do 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 I'm another in. do another uh, sour. It's called Windlass of Erasmus, uh, based off of Nicolas Poussin's 17th century painting as well as the 15th century medieval fresco in the Bastard Church than the one on the many exaggerated versions of his torture. Uh, the patron saint of sailors had his stomach slit open and his intestines wound around a windlass. So that's what that little like blade-looking thing was on the, on the, gut, on the can. Mm. Um, blackberries, black currants, and black sea salt combined for an approachable sour with Cabernet Sauvignon notes and blood-like color and viscosity. Jammy, earthy, cassis, light brine, and back-of-the-palate tartness and pairs well with Oceano's The Great Tribulation. So if anybody's a fan of Oceano... You can drink this while listening to their song, The Great Tribulation. I'm sure 
Kevin's not a big fan of it. Nick might like them. I don't know. Um, they're they're deathcore, like pretty heavy, pretty heavy stuff. Um, but uh, sing us a little. Go ahead. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't enjoy it. I can tell you that. Much. I didn't say play it. I wanted you to sing it. Uh, it's kind of sounds. That's kind of what it sounds like in a way. Um, but I'm obviously not a metal singer, so don't go by what I but what I say. But uh, let's crack this bad boy open. I have a feeling this is going to be very similar to what we just had, other than the fact that it's not cherry. Probably little, a little salt. Should be a little saline, a little saltiness. It said sea salt, right? Well, right. So the idea is that the story behind it is it's based on this patron oh, saint of sailors, right. which so makes sense why makes... it's a sea salt goza. It's got that similar color, too, or is that dark red? Because that's what we forgot to say, too, for that serenity. Now it's that... It is a very like muted red color, and this is kind of similar. It's a little bit of like a, yeah, a red head as well. Yeah, it's head settle a little bit on these bad. And like boys. a lot of sours, got Ooh, that yeah. funky nose, that like pungent kind of almost slightly like baby vomit. Yeah, <laughs> definitely getting a little bit of that vomit smell now that you said. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah. Oh, yeah, geez. It smells like the taste of when you burp something Great up. Great carbonation, things like bubbling away. Yeah, you can definitely, you get, that's, to me, I think that's the, that's the, the brinier, the, the sea salt, the, it's, it definitely smells like the ocean. Yeah, and just like the <laughs> taste, way. and the, just like the taste, a lot of it comes from the head. I think a lot of the smell came from the head too, because now it's, now that it has settled, it's not as... Stinky, right? So it was very carbonated, like what is it, effervescent? Yeah. And and, and but the head is like not that Gone. foamy, rich foamy stuff that like stays on the top of a lager. Like yeah, this was like almost like a soda. Yeah, like, it bubbled yeah. up and yeah. crazy bubbles, lots of noise, and then it's gone, and there's nothing left behind on yeah. the top of this. Well, let's give her a go. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, smooth, not sour really for me. Um, yeah, I'm not getting a ton of pucker Similar on Similar to the last one. Yeah, it's almost sweet in the end, which is strange because it's not really a sweeter sour ale. It's more of a saltier sour ale. It's strange. Definitely has, I mean, my mouth is watering. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely drier than the first one, obviously. Well, the um, other one had the sugar in it, so it was truly more like a sweet tart. This is like, this is like the last one, but take out any sweetness. Yeah. It's more of a... It's thinner. It's more just sour. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I but like the flavor is fairly muted. Yeah, I like I like blackberry based anything. Like I think blackberry is a very unique taste. Um, so I've had a couple sours with it in it, and I think this one's really good. I've never, I never, I don't really know what black currants are, but I'm assuming they're like a, another similar fruit of I'm some kind of berry of some blackberry. Kind. Um, I have had some other styles, like a blueberry one, mm -hmm. which. I actually shared with Nick on one of the podcasts we had. He liked it. I didn't because it was uh, yeah. really, really sweet. It almost like tasted like, like you know how you get like that blueberry maple syrup at like <laughs> Cracker Barrel or something with blueberry pancakes. It was really, really thick and sweet, almost syrupy. And did it list grapes as well? Was it Sauvignon or did it list no? Grapes? I think it was just straight up like 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 a blueberry sour. This didn't list. Oh, this one? No, I didn't, I didn't see anything about... Uh, it did, well, it did, oh, actually, no, 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 it did. You're I right. Sorry. Listed, Excuse me. Um, that listed I, I some red speak. wine grapes as well. It did. So it said that um, it has Cabernet Sauvignon oh, Cabernet. Okay. notes um, with the blood-like color and viscosity. Uh, so it says notes. doesn't mean that it 
It doesn't say specifically that they use. No, any but it may be coming through and whatever they yeah. use. So maybe maybe some of the berries are similar to. So it tastes very very raspberry. It's and that that like pucker too is almost like just grabbing like a handful of like raspberries fresh and just popping in your mouth, but chewing them. In yeah, here. and that, but that's what makes that enjoyable though. It's like again with like blueberries, like it's same. Mm-hmm. You get that same effect with blueberries, where if you take a handful of blueberries, fresh blueberries, you get that little bit of a tang, mm-hmm. but it goes down relatively sweet. Mm-hmm. And the last one, we were how I was saying like you, you kind of tasted the last one all up front mm-hmm. and nothing back in the throat. This one. Has the salt st- after a few sips? The salt sticks around yeah. right in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. So this one works the the back of your mouth. This one's more. This one is more of that quintessential sour, I think, versus the Hidden Springs Ale where they they get funky with it. Like we said, they throw some milk sugar in there and, and play with the tastes and kind of mix a couple things. This, yeah, this is if you think is, sour. This is the this sour. This is good for the store for the for the style. Yep. which means it has a little like a little salt because it's a goza. Getting mm-hmm. a little, getting a little hint of a metallic flavor after a little bit here. No, I like this one too. I mean, and again, sours like we said are these are kind of tough to uh, power through a lot, but they're tasty. It's they're fun my, to try. It's one of my favorite styles. Is it? Is style. it? A go, well, a goza specifically is probably yeah. my favorite style. Oh, okay, yeah. So like for me, I can have a couple of these, and but I, I almost have to like bounce between a couple. Like I don't want to try right. the yeah, same one. You, I want to. You're not like you're not gonna have. Maybe you have like two good sours, and yeah. you've yeah, you'll burn yourself. Like out. I'm not I'm not buying the Warhead package for just one flavor. I want I want to go the blue, and then the green, and then the black, and then the yellow, and I gotta kind of sample my way down. If I'm having a sour night, I want to devote that to trying different yeah, sours and I along think that, the board. That's what's unique about this style is that it's you can kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to have the same level of ingredient like it doesn't have to be like you know a peach sour yeah all night long you could do a peach sour you could do a pear sour something like this like a raspberry exactly. or whatever right and i think that that's what makes the style unique in the sense that like normally when i'm drinking like different types of beer i don't want to go from like a porter or stout to like a ipa and then go back and forth i'm not yeah, gonna do no. that i'm gonna drink if i'm drinking ipas that night it'll be ipas it won't be anything different whereas sours you can kind of go from different Types, but still stay within that that wheelhouse. Within that, bit. yeah, within that wheelhouse. But um, yeah, this is pretty good. I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I like the theming, obviously, because I'm a metal guy, a dark, uh, dark individual. Um, so I, I definitely I, I dig the uh, art, the can art. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to check out more from them if I can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget again what they're based out of, but um, if you can find them, um, they're, they're, they're pretty, you know, unique. So you, you won't, it's hard to miss the cans. Cause you're like, what is that? Yeah. Like, that looks really evil, but. And I just dipped back and forth. I just took a swig of, a swig of the Serrani now and then went back to the other sour and there's a clear distinction between the two. And I like, when we do these killer reviews and we have these three beers before we go and kind of rank which ones we like the best, I kind of leave the last little sip of each just so that way before I go through the list i can do one last little sampling before we get into the good stuff or in this week's case the uh the not so good not so good stuff and i feel bad saying that because jamie lee is like she's jamie lee curtis i mean she's but she's she's who she is but she could not save this movie that's for sure another hidden spring hidden springs yeah went on a uh went on a shopping spree with them the other day electric pegasus a rainbow sherbet Berliner Weiss. 
So we are doing all, all sour. sour. We're, sour we're on the sour train. We're on the sour train. Sour train. And it's the artwork is so this literally isn't a terrible like a, train. This is it's a like good a, train. Like all of their um, artwork, it's almost. It's kind of like almost like old school tattoo work. It's yeah, it's all like a flash sheet. I think I think a lot of their all of their cans for the most part kind of follow the same theme. They have that flash sheet. Yeah, style yeah it's almost of, like a flash sheet too because it's always a lot of, a lot of little, little discreet little different yeah, images yeah. all over the can. With of course the main part is the colorful Pegasus with the rainbow flowing <laughs> mane, which I guess is the sh- the rainbow, and then there's pictures of sherbet on here. So another sour beer. Let's check it out. Gotta get some more glasses. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're so unlike unlike drinking like IPAs or stouts, it's really not the best practice to drink different like sours out of the same glass because there's so many different like ingredients. I tried this one the other. Have you had this one before? I have not had the Pegasus one, so this is a new one for me. So I had this one the other night. And I actually I really liked this one. And again, it has sort of that like it's not as tinted like a red as the other one so no it's actually to, uh, again i'm colorblind so it's kind of hard for me to figure out but it doesn't look to me it looks more pink it's it's more like pink brown like i like the color of this one actually yeah it's it's a little more of that faded color but yeah i mean everything we've had tonight so far has had like a, a darker very bright reddish like, like a blood red yep like which is obviously great for our podcast yeah um but this one's definitely more pink which definitely gives me like the pegasus unicorn type Type thing. Oh, I yeah, and the amazing. nose is holy crap. And off the nose, I was excited for you wow. to try to, to tie this one because I think this one's going to creep up into I'm your. Uh, this is going to creep up into your. Wow, that, that's. I mean, right off the bat, the nose is probably the best nose so far out of all. Of them. It smells just like it is. It smells like a I mean, rainbow shirt. It's sherbet. crazy to sound like, but it smells like Lysol. But then again, at the same time, like Lysol smells good in some um, in some cases. It's got like the fruity like sherbet, very lemony smell, sherbet. Yeah. I, it's almost like smelling Sprite. Yeah, that lemon lime. Yeah, that yeah. Like lemony style. Yeah, I can see that. Or almost like a... Like oh, a, or is it, is it... Lemon and lime something, but... Like something you'd make with the powdered. I don't know. I forget what it would be. Like, like tang? A, no, not tang. There was like a... It's not Kool-Aid. There's like a lemon and, la- lemon and oh, lime like powder. Purple drink. <laughs> but anyways, lemon and lime is yeah. what I get from the... And it's... Yeah, it's got now, that When I sweet, smelled this, I was like, oh, like what lemonade. are we in for? I mean, that's really what it smells like. To me, it's like Minute Maid pink lemonade or like something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it's just a very fruity style. Wow, this scent. could, this, I mean, so far, I th- not to toot my own horn, but I think the one so far, my favorite has been the, is the Nightmare one. Yeah. But this one. It's um, 5.5% ABV. So. Yeah, so it's light. It's similar. That's did you, did you guys s- already go into it? I have not drinking it yet. Did I miss the? No, I'm just sniffing it. Yeah. Just enjoy such the smell. a good smell. It is. If you can get your hands on this, grab it. So I remember. Unlike the last two sours, like this does not have that <clears throat> that pungent or funky dank. Like no, this one actually this, smells good. This one smells really good. Dive in. Yeah, I'm ready to All take right. a cheers. 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 Wow, this, this is, is a, a wow. Factor. This that's is a, a kick. Very sour. It's a yeah. woo. This is this is the warhead. Oh my god. We had sweet tarts. That's now sour. we have the warheads. Holy crap! You're gonna have to like tone me down. I'm, I'm gonna be loud. <laughs> it tonight. is really sour, and it wow. it's got that immediate drying, grungy. So that's the only thing that takes it down a notch for me. Taste it's almost, in the back of your like, I, and, I, and I like pucker factor, but 
Woo. It's like it's like taking a swig and then biting into a lemon. It's all yeah. It's almost like eating a lemon to a to a point. I mean, it's not like completely the same, but it definitely or grapefruit mm-hmm. actually. I think maybe it does maybe have it's that more like grapefruit. Almost maybe like a, it's the almost coloring. like a like a bitter grapefruit rind, like the, yeah. the rind of it. And me, like I love, I love sour, sour, sour. So for me, again, sours aren't a beer. I'm gonna drink like. A lot. I'm not gonna have six of these in a night. If you could see my but face, I like, you I like think I was sour. like overacting. Oh, he's, no, I, yeah, he's squinting it out. I mean, it really is like like you. I think you said a warhead. I mean, it's like eating mm-hmm. a warhead. Yep. Um, because it because it because it, it like it gives you that immediate punch in the mouth when it comes to the sour, and then after about a second or two, it does kind of get sweet. It sweetens out a little bit, and it's it's more lime than lemon. That's what it is. Lime than lemon, yeah. Yeah, probably. So lemonade's yeah. a little more enjoyable. Yeah. But you wouldn't drink a big glass. Like if you, if someone gave you like some lemon juice, and I know it's just the juice would be bad. But like yeah. lemonade is a thing. Limeade, it's that mm-hmm. kind of. It's that's the flavor. It's the yeah. more lime than lemon, which just has a little bit more of that edgy. I was gonna say not as pleasant. I enjoy a sour, but yeah, it's it's that it has more. more it's more of an acquired taste to drink something that's strong lime mm-hmm. than strong lemon. I yeah. Think. Throw some tequila in this. It's like a. Get a little margarita beer. Yeah, onto something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a pretty cool mixed drink. But I mean, the name holds true. I mean, Electric Pegasus. This thing will, this thing will get you going. That's for sure. Yeah, this is the this beer that kickstart this drink. This will kickstart it. <laughs> Seamus is fighting through that. Yeah, one. I'm, I'm powering through it. I mean, like I said, I like sour beers, but sometimes they can just be a little too and sour. What threw me off too is like if you could go back in time five minutes ago from when you were smelling this. Versus tasting it. It's like the two just do not correlate. Yeah, they're not quite the same. Because you get so much rainbow-y. Like, for me, you get so much of that sherbet, rainbow-y style smell. And the taste, you get none of that and like ice creamy style. Yeah, and that's, and that's because I think the whatever the the, the sour <laughs> agent is in this, mm-hmm. it's it's really overpowering everything else. And to look at this thing, it's it's like a milky, cloudy mess. Yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's like, like someone had juice. taken... Yeah. Well, or someone had taken like a... A sherbet, like an or a, a sherbet with multiple flavors, and then it melted into this murky color. Mm-hmm. That that's exactly what it looks like. Like they strained it through a mm-hmm. strainer or something. And then, like I wish, I feel like out of the two from Hidden Springs, I feel like this one would be the one that's more like appropriate to throw that milk sugar in, because it has like that rainbow sherbet has that dairy creamy style calling to it versus. The other one that was just chocolate cherries. Right. If you're gonna call it a sherbet, you should have put something to sweeten it up a little yeah. bit in there. Where are you so where are you sitting on these? Where's your where's your rank, what's your tiers? What's your ranking on these? Um I'm probably gonna stick with where I was before I drank this one. <laughs> I think I think so far tonight out of the three, uh, night the nightmare beer is probably my number one. Um, just because it's not too sweet, but it's also not like overpoweringly sour. And I and I typically prefer gozes anyways. I like the saltier sours, um, so that one kind of rang true. But the but the cherry one, I forget what it's called, it was really kind of a close second. Called Serenity now, insanity yeah, later. Serenity now, insanity or later. Insanity later. Um, that one's a close second. I mean, that that could easily be the better of the three if if if, if I sat down and had another one. But yeah, and at the bottom, it's got to be the electric. You know, <laughs> electric. Like, and that's not to say that like it's bad. It's just it's for me personally. It's just a little too much of a kick. 
Um, if I have to squint my way through it, I'm not gonna have another one. That's basically the point is yeah. like I'm not gonna go out of my way to have another one just because I don't know if I could have more than one of these a night. It would just kick my ass probably. <laughs> what about you? I, I might come out as a little bit of a mark now. Oh, well, I can't imagine. That's true. <laughs> Serenity now is my number one. Okay. So I like that like milk sugar. I like that that switch of two where it's that sour and that creamy style. I like that kind of bait and switch right there. My number two, I like, I'm going to go electric Pegasus. Okay. Because with this style, like these sours, like I don't view, it's weird because I view sours almost as like not a beer, almost right. as more of like a mixed drink. So I'm not going to go out to the bar and order some food, a burger, zingers, and like three or four sours. I want a, a night like this where we're like, no, it's a sour night. Let's just kind of dive in. That's and I want to go for a ride. Like I, I drink a sour when I'm not when I'm out like having food or it's just a night out. It's when I'm like at a craft beer yeah. prominent yeah. bar or a brewery mm-hmm. and I'm sampling beers and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try the sour. I'm mm-hmm. going to try their stout. I'm going to try their lager. Yeah. Exactly. And I want to go for a ride. And this one, and and I'm okay with sour. Yeah, this like one I definitely like, takes you for a ride. Like I like <laughs> war, like I love just like eating warheads. Like I. I like sour a lot. Melt your so for me, your the electric Pegasus is that number two because that's it brings me on that ride. It's that very sour now. Like I said, well, am, I gonna, am I gonna have six of these now? But it's a good fun beer. And then in a very close third was it the night was it night rider nightmare nightmare and it's called uh, win loss of, of yeah. Erasmus. And again, this one it, it has a great taste, but it doesn't differentiate between the two. It's very like neutral sour for me. Which, if you're new to sours, or if you're not as like ridiculously crazy as I am for sour, this is the beer for you. But for me, the other two that kind of go out of their way to be different, whether it's being softer with the milk sugar or being crazy sour with like that limey style, that's kind of where I'm going to lean towards almost. But what about you, Kevin? As I said, goes is my style. So I think when you get a little bit of salt in a sour... It just that's just my thing. Yeah. So uh, the goes is probably my favorite, mm-hmm. and then the other two, um, I'd say they're, they're they're it's even they're tied. Yeah. They're, they're both. I mean, they're they're all three of these beers are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no contrast here. It's not like we have a you know a pale ale and a, a stout, sour yeah. and a stout. It's like these are all right in the same genre. But I think just because the goes style has that same that salty edge to it, mm-hmm. that gives it the the slight edge. The, and then edge. the other the other two are tied. They're both great. Yeah. All right, I think that might have uh, prepared us enough to uh, deal with this uh, terrible train. This terrible train. This terrible train. So Kevin just queued up the movie. (laughs) We are going to be watching this kind of in the background as we discuss. So should we just jump on into the middle and just be like, what? Just start off with uh, what we thought about this movie as a whole. Like, what is going on? Is anybody? Did anybody figure? I mean, I, obviously, is a killer loose on the train, but did anybody like follow all what was going on? So. We're right at the beginning, which is a college party scene, bait and switch. The They're hazing the freshman. Now, they're essentially hazing this guy and telling him he has to lose his virginity. And, Kenny. And Kenny. And he has to go. And, and Jamie Lee Curtis's character is kind of the, not instigator, but she's used as the ploy to pull him into the room. And when he goes into the room, he goes into the bed, and it's this fake killed person. Well, it's not fake. Oh, or is it? Is a real dead person? It's real dead. And that in the movie, at one point, they're talking about how it happened. Yeah. And um, is it Doc? Doc, yeah. 
how he got a job at the medical place as a janitor and had access to all of these. Oh. So it's, I, I believe it's literally, so it's a, a dead, it's, it's a, a dead woman that's been all, so it's know, a corpse. It's someone uh, that they didn't murder, but nonetheless a dead corpse. He sees it, freaks out, and then it like does one of those really weird like Texas chainsaw. He like yeah, slow zoom I, I in, freeze of him freaking out. Like I, I understood that though he was a dead person. So the, I didn't quite understand what it was. Hazy I didn't understand the weird yellow, t- yellow white, yellow white which I guess goes hand in hand because another confusing part that you guys are going to confirm for me or not. He's he's the magician's. Helper, right? The, he's like well, a cross-dresser. So so you just the, jump, like for you just yeah, you, you just, just jump to the, the end. Oh, I'm jumping, but reveal. like these Spoiler are very warning. feminine underwear. Spoiler warning. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. Right. Well, the actor that plays it um, plays the thing is actually, I believe he's like he did like a drag burlesque show. Yeah, was what his his thing. Job he like was wasn't he like got, an actor. He was he more was not, of a, right? a yeah. But that was yeah, that was jumping ahead. But those those underwear are very weird. Just weird. So he just spin. He freaks out, spins around, gets caught. He looks like a, uh, like a uh, what are those? What are those dancers? Ribbon, like a not a ribbon dancer, but there's like people nice. that it's a, a style of dancing. Pink, they dance. Pink does it in a lot of her concerts yeah. where they hang from these like silk, like, yeah, like a, yeah. ropes, it's something like kind that. of stuff. But anyways, it's, I, I didn't get why they this. What was the symbolism of him wrapping himself up in these? I. I I couldn't tell you, but what I did find out was that scene was shot months after principal photography was done because they needed some way to tie Kenny's backstory to them, like more so than just the slow dialogue they had in the original. Yeah, they had to give some reason as to why was he slaughtering people on a train. Yeah, and all the people that were... If you call it slaughtering. Yeah. So essentially that was it. So we have a killer on the loose in this New Year's Eve train ride that is put on by this fraternity who are now seniors. Yeah, this masked assailant. Was this a thing like in the eighties, like train like, parties, like, like train parties or something? Not that I know of. Okay, because uh, like I don't know how this is relevant to, <laughs> to anything. Well, I mean the train thing is odd, but it does. I think it gives it a great backdrop. I mean yeah, the whole train I, thing I, being. I don't. You're, mm-hmm. Two things. It makes you like you're you're trapped in something that you can't get off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess from a production thing, they're like, hey, it's really easy to shoot. We're gonna we. Yeah. This was a real train that they got from. I think it was what the. This was filmed in Canada, Canada, right? Yeah. So they they got this real train, but you, you don't have to worry about any location shooting other than the train. Yeah. So that worked. And they did a lot of well, shooting they, at in and night. So like from what I did see is they would start filming at like six p.m. because during the day it was too loud to shoot this. So they would show like shoot from six PM into like the wee hours of the night. Right. I believe the train that they shot on was in a warehouse on rockers mm-hmm. so they could rock it. So it looks But the warehouse to... must have been used for something else during the day. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they were <laughs> low budget they what they were they doing. Must on have that borrowed sense. Someone's warehouse. But yeah, this is I mean you can I mean there are a lot of good examples of great not just horror movies, but just like typically one location, like one single location type movies. I mean, if you want to talk the horror genre in general, I mean, Train to Busan is one of the best zombie movies ever made. Yeah, recent at least in recent memory, mm-hmm. um, and that was based solely on a train. Yeah, uh, Snowpiercer, which isn't really a horror movie, was based entirely on a train, and that yeah. was really good. So, um, so there's examples. Yeah. yeah so finish it. the premise. So it's yeah. So it's it's essentially that that is this New Year's Eve party. I think it's probably. I mean, if it's January. Maybe they're graduating in the spring, so it could be one of their last hoorahs well, or whatever. Well, that was one of the, the odd things. Like they, they, so, they 
tried to pigeonhole this as it's a New Year's Eve thing. Yeah. But they keep talking about that they just graduated and Jamie Lee Curtis's character yeah, so, and now has to go to work before she starts, but that wouldn't yeah. be happening so maybe, in December. But maybe they graduated in gotta, winter. Maybe it was a he just gotta, he just super seniors go. or something, I guess. But if you think I, about it, too, well, they, actually, I think they, well, they, were, sorry, they, they were hazing a freshman, right? So typically... The seniors, the seniors, or at least the upperclassmen are hazing. This is three years after that happened. After that original, so these guys must be already graduated. Actually, I think there is a scene where Jamie Lee Curtis's character's roommate says, "Oh, you're graduating early and leaving me behind." So maybe the premise is that That they're they're graduating. I mean, some of these students are graduating. I I mean, I guess they are med students, and that is more than typically four years. Kudos to God. I mean, they're drinking Schlitz. I mean, yeah. Hey, Schlitz is good. Hey, Schlitz. When when. the worst thing in the world. I mean, no. there, could, there are worse beers than Schlitz. No, but so, basically, it's a hell. It's a costume party. Costume New Year's on a train, party. and this mass assailant is one by one picking off these kind uh, of college students that come to find out all had an involvement in that first scene with this one individual, and already spoiled before because i don't think anybody is waiting on pins and needles to see what this 1980 terror train synopsis is the original person from that very first scene that they set up for that prank is the one that is coming back for revenge and what he does is one by one when he kills them he kind of takes over that costume so kind of a cool idea on on premise that this mass assailant is in a different kind of costume every time so he can kind of hide in plain sight I mean, this movie, like, as stupid, as, as bad as it is, I really like the idea. I like the idea of that killer, the swapping costume, stuff like that. But that's really where it ends for me for what I like. Um, it, it seemed like this movie fell into that hole of its late 70s, early 80s. Slasher movies are the thing right now. It's a clone. Get get some very basic synopsis for a movie that's cheap and we'll budget to you and we will put it into production yeah, and as fast as we can. It'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars because it's basically like and like you said before Halloween on a train so like people are going to go see it. You have Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, she's a big girl. You have David Copperfield. Which is weird. Well, at the, at his, the time Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't necessarily Big. No, but I mean, coming, maybe, off, this coming was, off the this success was, of Halloween, yeah, it but, was yeah, enough from to get seventy-eight, right. and, and, I, and it was it was I think it was independently done, but yeah. then Twentieth Century Fox at the time hadn't released any slashers, so mm. at the time, so they picked up and bought the rights for distribution, and then they put their marketing machine and behind this is it. Probably yeah. post Friday the Thirteenth, so like after that one came 80, out, yeah, because that was eighty like, Friday Friday the Thirteenth, right, so like, was eighty. So they were just trying to get on the slasher train, train, right? No pun intended. Um, oh, I see what you did there. So, but, yeah, I to, to me, there's so many things about this movie that like it, it bored me, I and mean, that's really what the, I mean, the best best thing I can say. I mean, oh. I don't think it was a bad movie. See, I think the problem is we pick movies like this. We think I want a bad, funny movie. I want a movie that's so bad I'm gonna yep. laugh and enjoy it yep. because of that reason. And that's and that's, this movie yep. is trying really hard to be what it is. Be serious about it with it. Yep. It's not meta whatsoever. There's no in jokes really at all, and anything that's funny is like unintentionally yeah. funny just because it's bad. Yeah, there was no like slipped in parody anymore. Right, and that's kind of what I want from these B movies is is that type like, of like know humor. know what you are, the, and that's exactly. where we we've said it a million times where 
there's there's good bad movies and then there's bad bad, bad movies. movies. Well, I think it's just this for me. Just it started too slow. And that's um, yeah, yeah, that's a I big mean, thing I, I too. Looked, I mean, it, like nothing really had started to happen. Like so, the first guy, Mo, who's the guy that gets killed first before he gets on the the, the train? I don't know. He's God. the Karl Marx guy or whatever. Uh, whatever, whatever. And that's the, the first thing. person got killed on uh, before they even take off on the train, which you don't yeah. really have to see him get killed. Which yeah. is I'll, we'll talk about that in a bit too because this is one movie where they did most of the killing off screen. I think it was weird. Ed Eduardo. Uh, maybe he I had, the, have he had no like the Groucho Marx kind yeah, of. Yeah, he had like um, a cigar. He was. Uh, hey, you want to? You want a joint? Marks, excuse me. But then, so that, but then, and then it went on. And oh, I don't know it if is. it was there set up or what, but there was no real story. There was no killing. There was no storyline no. being developed. It really was slow. Well, it is show. And we were like forty. Him getting killed. He, well, he, he, makes zero like I, I, like how does that even ha- like how yeah. did it even and happen? nobody saw that and nobody sees the body laying because they're like oh platform's well, he, clear but he put because he put it he puts it right on the rail he puts him right on the middle of the rail I understand yeah. that but like it's so but anyways like the, the the point was that after this part here it was another forty minutes before I like. Anything, anything exactly. of interest happened. Yep. No. Yep. It was. I mean, this movie just it it had. I don't. I mean, I think it knew what it wanted to do, but it had no idea how to do it. And, and it the, almost felt like for me, like I was like, "That's the office," where they're like, when they have the episode where they go on the boat cruise, and they're like, "Jim is taking bets on how long it'll take before Michael Scott makes a Titanic reference." That was mine with this train. I was like. I wonder how long we're, before we're going to get some really bad train reference. And I think at about the two-minute mark, he's like, someone comes out, has anybody seen my girlfriend? She's the one with the real good caboose. I'm like, well, there it there is. There's the train reference. There's That's just what we're... And I think it was the guy that gets killed first, so I, I'm glad they at least killed him first, so I didn't have to listen to his shitty little one-liners anymore. Yeah, but I don't once, know. Once they got started, it really it picked up for me. I mean... Really? If you, if you really, like... Got into it. it. Like there was a little bit of a whodunit. They they did the red herring where I they do like you, the mystery you to thought, it. Like different people might have done it. Um, I guess the obvious thing was that it was Kenny the whole time. But the point where like they they totally lead you to believe it's the magician, and you're like, okay, maybe it was the magician. You know. So I mean, the, the little bit of whodunit. Um, well, that's. Up. I think that's that's. I think that for me, like that's what I was trying to say. Like it's like. It's only bad because I was just bored the whole time. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it was poorly made. Even I think that they knew what they wanted to do. I just don't think they executed it that well. I mean, the acting is so-so. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is good. So Jamie Lee Curtis and Ben Johnson, who plays the conductors, are yeah. real. I mean, after he'd been in, yeah, he'd been in tons of movies. Well, yeah. well, he was in. He was in that iconic movie Red Dawn. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> right. But I think. Um, I, but anyways, I mean, he's he he. But you could definitely tell he's like he's one of the. He's, he's, I think what again I don't want to keep going back to Halloween but Halloween's my favorite movie of all one of my favorite movies of all time and they totally were trying to model this movie off of it in the sense that he was supposed to be that famous well known actor for the time coming in to play like the Sam Loomis like a Sam Loomis role but you could definitely tell he was totally just phoning it in the entire time. Like I, to me, Maybe. it felt he like said he, was... he said he never read the script. Like he, he was a fan <laughs> of the director. He knew the director. He was a fan yeah. of the director. And the director said, "Do you want to do it?" And he like, said, sure, "I'll do it. it." You know. And his only request was that, like mm-hmm. I guess, with a lot of his movies, is I want you to go through my, the dialogue for my character and take out anything that's not needed. His his yeah. whole career was like he his one of his. I guess when he was a young actor, he got some advice that said, "Never have more dialogue than you need." 
And so the director like just and if you'll notice after hearing that like some of the scenes he's like he says like three things like very simple get her back in the cabin like, yeah. or, or take that down and so it's no and there are things I do like about this movie and it does I like that mystery aspect and I think I was so confused the first time I had watched it because it was that whodunit style where I'm trying to figure out is it is it the magician is it the conductor is it one of the kids is it and and. I don't know if it was done well by movie making or if it was just like so improperly done in the script that you have no idea who it is. I mean, because I didn't even think of when I first saw it, that first opening sequence with that kid, Kenny, that they pranked. I had no connection between the two. I was like, I I didn't even think to include him on my list. I'm embarrassed how deep I went into the movie before I was like, oh, now I get it. And and they even bring him up. And honestly, I think the first time I watched it, even when they bring him up, when they're like, they bring out the yearbook and they're like, oh, Kenny was also this like little two-bit magician or whatever. And I was like, did Kenny turn into the magician that's good now? Like, I... In the three years you've been in school? Yeah, like, you don't even really see Kenny that much but in I think the, the problem so. where it struggles is that like there really is literally zero connection until they tell you through dialogue yes. oh well I think this is the connection which is to me I don't easy way that's out. that's poor filmmaking as well, far part of it as for I'm me probably was too is that the character depth wasn't there so that and there's a lot of kids here in this train yeah. so I missed the part that Kenny wasn't just one, one of the heads in this crowd I and didn't realize me he, too and I was maybe he was on the train is one of those things where it, it really took me until the second like second watch or so to be like oh okay and then I kind of try and track like where he goes and there's still some hiccups in there where I'm like he's not on screen but like where where is he like I'm trying to track his progress well, from like me, character just, to character I just, to, it just seems like he was hiding in the the cabin area of the train for the most so part so he wasn't shown much at all I mean, when the yeah. twist happens you're like oh he was there so that's, the whole that time, was the part but... that felt a little felt a little short for me was most of the kills, like like the um, the guy driving the train, the engineer, and then yeah. you find the bloody hat. He's gone. He must be must have been killed. Yeah, off screen. Didn't kill. see it. Right. Weak. I mean, even even the ones that were semi on screen, you know, in the bathroom scene with the, the um, lizard man. Yeah, but like it's he's there. He's kind of grabbing him. Then he's just on the ground, covered in blood, dead. Yeah. Like you don't really see it. So that was a lot of off screen. The the the, the killer is. Uh, you know, not shown a lot, which is mm-hmm. sometimes works good for the, yeah. you know, the effect of, um, you know, mystery or where is he? Mm-hmm. So that was lacking. But I think the the point where he they um, where they like pulled the emergency brake signal, which the engineer should have seen Stop and the then train. stopped the train. Yeah. And the train kept on moving, and the conductor's like, "Uh oh, what happened to Walter? He should have stopped the train." At that point, from there, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that." That got my interest. And now we're, I, now I, we're picking I came, up a little I bit. got a little more interested. And runs to the front of the train, and the, he's gone. And I'm like, okay. And then, yeah. then the the people that met their demise started to happen, you know, mm-hmm. somewhat closer together. And then the one, although then the one guy that dies during the magic show, right? He's Doc's best friend just, there. Yeah, he's just stabbed. He's like, and wait, again, maybe, and was that maybe that's Mo? I think. But anyways, he's it, oh, it's the greatest screaming ever. Help! Yeah. Help. You didn't see it no happen. One, what yeah. happened? No I mean, one hears it, you know, it. For a slasher film, there should have been a little more slashing, I guess. That's you know? Yeah, and then that's, I mean, I, I can suspend my disbelief so far. Like, But in that scene, like, this dude got stabbed in the chest. 
because later when they he pulls him down, he rips. He's like, "I'm a medical student." It's like, yeah, no shit, everybody is. Like, yeah, right. the whole train is. You're all medical med students, students, right? So. so he like lifts up his shirt and is like, I don't, "I don't think you need a medical doctor to tell you that this guy got stabbed in the chest." I mean, but you I were think, sitting next to him the entire. I mean, time. this killer is obviously like really like can do magic because the the ability his ability to transport himself. And maybe that's part from of it. Train maybe car that's... to train car, and not only that, but be in different costume. Yeah, almost immediately. I, again, I, this is I, I know that I've said it before on this podcast that I'm kind of a movie snob. So like for yeah. me, it's like I don't like it's harder to make that. I leap. don't like plot conveniences. I don't yeah. like how they just, they make things happen in the plot to further the plot. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the the, the the conductor getting killed. It's like how did he get from here to there? How did he go? Yeah. Like, how did he go from being the because like, obviously the big reveal is that he's the magician's assistant. So yeah. you know how does he go from being available for the assist like to be the assistant in the magic show to getting to the front of the train in the costume and killing the conductor so that you know they can pull the thing and him and the conductor go oh no he's not must not be there that's weird and and that's that's and again like i said i was trying to track it a little bit and shame on me i didn't get to track it enough but i know that during his first show he makes his assistant disappear disappear. which makes you think like i mean was does that mean like the the magician is in on it? Like, well, and that's the thing too. Is well, obviously the magician wasn't in on it because he ends up dead, stuffed in a box. So. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing I don't understand. That doesn't make any. And sense And that's my to thing me. too. So it's so convenient to bring this plot all around. How long was this long con from Kenny, the assistant in the works for? Met the magician. How did he know? Knew he was going to eventually in three do years going to be on a on a train uh, party yeah, yeah. and get hired. Well, the and, thing is they, they do, but they do, they do make a mention of that in the beginning, like who hired the magician? Like who, oh, nobody knew who hired. Like, no, the nobody magician. knew. So maybe Kenny for. just so Kenny obviously hired her, the magician. There was a party. Said this magician. So I mean, coming. that's that's like one of the few things well, that would in this movie it. that was if Kenny like, hired the magician. That would, for me, that that, like, that was one of the few that. natural things where I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. So he, you know, he's been planning his revenge for three years. He hears that the people that did what he, they did have to him, they're having a party in a train. Great. It's a great location to murder everybody because it's on a train. They can't get away. So let me hire a magician because I, I know magicians. I've, I'm, I'm into that world. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll I'll apply to be a assistant assistant as a female. Like I'll dress up as a female because I'm a crossdresser. And, and have super jacked arms and no one noticed. Well, but, yeah. but I mean, well, guess the every time I saw the assistant, I was <laughs> like, like, I was like, something's weird. janky about yeah. this, this assistant. Got giant, it's weird she's not like, she doesn't have giant arms, but they're very, very cut, very manly, veiny. And like, this is just... I was like, maybe they do a lot of like magic. So for me, that's one of the yeah. few things that actually, like, at the end of it, when you go back and watch it again, and you and you kind of know the twist, you're like, all right, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, I can kind of see someone crazy like that is going to put that kind of thought into mm-hmm. a revenge plot. That that's obviously going to happen. But I just it, the whole the movie itself, it's like it the leaps it takes just to get to that point. I think it's almost a, almost I would say it's a better movie watching it knowing what happens. Than it is going into it just then you're completely a lot blind, less confused, and it's not by like a confused like in a Christopher <laughs> Nolan sense where it's like a good confused where it's a good screenplay it's and it's like hiding things really well. Movie. You're confused because it's just a very wonky. It's story. a very wonky story. And well, the, the notion was that he came back to kill because when they when the, the aha moment when she's like, "What do we all have in common?" and they're like, "Oh, oh we, did, was, we yeah. did that to Kenny." Well, then why did he kill the guy driving the train? Yeah. Yeah. Was he there? He broke broke his own code. What is the the point of... That brings up another great point. What is the point of killing the dude driving the train? Like, don't you want the train to continue going? going? Like, you don't want them to get off the train and get away from you. Yeah, you kill all these people, hide in plain sight, and then 
when the train reaches its destination, you get you off. are your your mask off. You're just another college student that was along for the terrible ride, and we have no idea where the killer went. That's yeah, all I, it had to be. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. And I think to me, it almost it almost feels like this movie was. What they did was they said, I have a great idea for a twist ending to a movie. And they came up with a twist ending and said, oh, it's going to be this person all along. From three years ago. And then they had to write a movie to get to that point. Yeah. Like I said, it's embarrassing how long it took me before I caught on. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. For a while, I thought it it was the magician, for sure. And I I don't think it's that embarrassing because they don't, again, they don't tie that in until the very end. Yeah, and that's... that's Until they tell you through exposition and the dialogue, which to me is lazy writing because that's just like... There are a lot of good whodunits. Now, obviously, I'm comparing I mean, apples to murder at the Orient Express, right? I mean, there's a lot of great, like great movies that follow this theme, but they tell you through storytelling, not just "Hey, oh no, remember Kenny, the guy we played a trick on with that three dead years body ago. Three, three years, years ago? ago? He's him. a magician or wants to be a magician. Maybe it was him. Yeah. Like, how did you get? There, like, yeah, what, there was no what, steps. What, what thought process did you use to yeah. get to that point and go? This makes sense. I'm sure in three years, there's a lot of people that you've done wrong. Oh, right. I mean, this totally, and that's the one, that enemies. was the first person you guessed. You're like, oh, oh, remember? Yeah, I think you skipped over a lot of recent people that you might have done some. Right, because she kind of says, well, she remembered it too because she was kind of duped. Too. She, she wasn't didn't know in what on they, it completely. She wasn't completely in. It. She, she, she was just a prank. She wasn't. But, she didn't but, know but, but again, she says, the I went to the hospital after that and happened. He killed someone. He killed somebody. But they don't know if it was for real or if it was like an accident or something, and it's like they tie anything back to that. Like they don't. Because okay, that, that's, that's, okay. that's what I'm saying. Like that's just they just say they it. just write that into the dialogue, so it gives him a motive for why he's doing. Or it gives him like credentials. It's, so the movie is it's, it's a plot device to move the plot forward, and that's why to me it's lazy and it's boring because it's like oh, well, duh, like, oh, everybody duh. back on the train. Yeah. Yeah. If you walk from here, you'll die. You'll die. Right. Okay. Well, then why did we stop <laughs> and the train to be dead like with? We're kind of like not phoning it in, but like it's like. Dude, Dude, this is this is what I have to work with. I'll do what I can to make this a good movie. Right. He but didn't like, need, probably didn't I mean, need to like, do the movie. He just thought he thought he actually he, he said it was fun to work with because it's to all me, these young to, kids. So so to me, it looks like it was, was a fun movie. I was I was gonna get to this point where I feel like a lot of this movie is actors doing the director a favor. Like, why is David Copperfield in this movie? Yeah. Like, there's no real reason as to why he's in this movie other than the fact that they need a magician. Mm-hmm. So let's get a real magician. That makes sense. I get that. But you also have to go back and... But did David Copperfield... Did he owe this guy money? Or like, you, <laughs> you have to go back and see how pop... You gotta, you gotta realize, was 1980, was how, he, was he how big was he? was he? I mean, you're, you're judging by yeah. today's standards. Well, I, well I, and, I, and I get is, that, but, I don't my, know. but even my point would be like, I would think Copperfield, even though he's not as big now... He's more you know recently his, popular. You know his name. Than he was in right. the eighties. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't. Because I know that, start, I, that this some, is obviously... in interviews he said that back then, after this movie came out, he wanted to go and rent every copy of this movie he could find and not return it. Yeah, is he, I remember <laughs> which saying, makes me because that's like why. So that's like, why is he in it? Like, is he trying to like? Push his act yeah, on a bigger audience. I'd have to go back he, and find out when he, he probably, started. Did he fund the movie? He probably <laughs> thought it would have been a was he a producer too? On, it probably would have been a better stepping yeah, off I don't, point. I don't. I can't remember where yeah. he was in his career back in the eighties. I mean, in the eighties, like, I would obviously assume. Obviously, this, I mean, this, 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 this is before he was doing I mean, all the crazy stunts young, where right? like, he was like disappearing, like Statue of Liberty and all that stuff. Like this is like like small time, like Vegas style. Um, and that's probably. He, what I don't he think thought. he had a Vegas show or anything like that at this point. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's got to be like what in his twenties here. Like he can't be like that old. Um, no, and I and I remember a couple things that I saw about David Copperfield's involvement in this movie, where he like just I, I think his disappointment in it was 
how much he misunderstood how hard acting actually is where he would like he knew the script and then when they would roll he just would forget all the lines like he just couldn't it, it, it would almost like fall out of his mouth it's one of those classic deer lost in the headlights or whatever yeah you're, I mean you're staring I feel like, at the lights because like the skills it takes to be like a stage magician is different than it is to be a oh, stage much actor different. I mean you don't need to learn lines because and... you're, you're, you're you're entertaining people through your magic more so than through your acting yeah. <laughs> and from what he said too he said that this was a very difficult task because the magic that you see in the movie you see him performing is actual tricks Oh yeah, he's actually yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. he's not like faking the tricks, and that made it very hard. Because spoiler alert, magic's not real; it's all <laughs> sleight of hand. Yeah. But he would actually still have to do that while all the actors are watching him, while all the cameras are rolling. Right. So he had to really dupe everybody, which at this point in his career probably wasn't a probably wasn't a like. An big thing that he had but that's going. My thing. He, so, like, he wasn't he, in front of the cameras I mean, before. I guess I have to go back and kind of read up on like how popular at this point was he as a magician. Like, was he new on the scene, right. or has he just been using this for a while? To try to get some, some I mean, press. I like magic. I, I I was always kind of one of those people that like I'll, I'll go on like kicks where I'll go on YouTube and watch like magic videos. Like, I like I like David Blaine, who's more of like a, an illusionist now, or he's more of like a like a, he tries to do feats of like endurance and that sort of thing. But like. I wouldn't say his acting is awful in this movie. Honestly, I mean, for, for one of my I notes, thought it was gonna be one of my notes is David Copperfield actually holds his own in this right, movie. I think in comparison to, a lot of these to actors, he's it might go like it might go like Jamie Lee Curtis, the uh, what's his name, the conductor, the conductor yeah, actor ben, ben Johnson, Ben Johnson, ben Johnson. And, and David Copperfield tied with like every single other person yeah, in this stupid I mean, movie. I don't think he was that awful. I mean, granted, he had very few lines. That's and all. You I need. guess it was kind of like, hey, just do your act. And we'll film it, and that's yeah. really all it was. So I, I, I was just like, I would just love to be a fly on the wall and kind of know what. How did the conversation start? To hey, we need to get a magician. Well, Let's, who did he know? Yeah, yeah, what was the connection? Like, what was the connection there? Is he friends with the director? Maybe Fox knew, or there, or, or like, it could. It very well could have been like a. He uh, was under contract with 20th Century. Yeah, Fox, right, like, hey, right. You know that contract you signed with us? We got we got a job we're, for you. Show it could have been one of those things where at, maybe at the time he was a, a big name, and they just filled the role. I mean, they could have been. It could have been Magician A in the script. Well, we could have he's, known, I mean, he's known in it as the magician. Like he doesn't have a name. It's just yeah. the magician. But you know, I I think if you look at like DVDs or whatever posters, I'm sure it says Jamie Lee Curtis, David Copperfield. Oh yeah, well now yeah for sure. You no, know, and that that probably was because a even studio in the credits, decision. In the credits, it does say like the featuring David Copperfield. Yeah. So obviously David Copperfield is a name at this point. Yeah, and you that was probably like, a studio would, yeah. decision saying. And it could just be that it could just be that maybe he was. Pushing his, he wanted he wanted to try his hand as acting at acting. He was maybe, maybe one day I'd like to be an actor. Yeah, and this is just one of those things. You see that you see it a lot in a lot of even horror horror movies in general. Is that like you'll have people that aren't traditional actors or actresses mm-hmm. that will try their hand at it because they want to try to get into it, and they realize, oh hey, this isn't really for me. Like actually, athletes are the big like, athletes do this a lot. Like Shaq, look at the movie Shaq yeah. tried to do because he wanted to be an actor, and then obviously the- he's more of a Shaqter than an actor. But you yeah. know, I mean that's. <laughs> But then you have the other side of the coin where other people try it out and it works. Like okay, Rob Zombie. Exactly. You know, musician turned right. pretty good, acclaimed, yeah. pretty horror director, director now. And I, 
maybe this was well the writer said he based this off a dream he had so he must have had a dream that he was on a train with a magician like and he's like what magician is otherwise if you were going to write this like i don't think magic shows are big are big on trains no for college students (laughs) i'm gonna throw a if i back back a couple years when i was in college i wasn't like we're gonna throw a kegger this week let's get a train yeah. And a magician. And a magician. And we're going <laughs> to... No, it's more like a bus and yeah. a stripper. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's... What, what are we doing here? I mean, are we going to Applebee's or are we going to go to, like, the strip joint? Like, we're going to go to the casino or we're going to, like, a, a guy's going to make us balloon animals all night. This is... I don't know. The one thing I do like... I do like the very bad costumes that the killer oh, takes on. This? Takes on, like, the uh, the pirate... Or the, the parrot guy who's just in... All black with like little wing with little things on his shoulders he's got as the, wings. He's got the bird mask and a bird mask, and that's it. And I think one of my one of the favorite parts of this movie is going to be coming up shortly. Is the killer dressed up as the little alligator man is in oh, the, the bunk? Li- the lizard man, lizard man, yeah. yeah, is in the bunk with this other girl about to hook up. And oh, and he, he puts the and he grabs her grabs her boob with the, the hand cut of off the, hand the, of the, the dead kid, and she goes. Cold hands, warm heart. Isn't that? And then she says, "Like, isn't that what they say? Or isn't that the saying?" It's yeah. like, who says that? And then that? again, like he kind of like starts reaching for her, and yeah. then that's you don't see the kill. and you don't see a kill. Another and but is that a saying? I've never heard that saying. Cold hands, warm heart. Sure, I guess so. I guess that's a saying here. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, it is now. But again, and my other thing too with that whole the lizard costume. So he goes in the bathroom, smashes him. Into the mirror, the mirror, and then another off-screen kill, because that doesn't kill him, I'm presuming, because when we come back to him, we open the door, and there's blood everywhere. And, and then, then 10 minutes later, blood's all gone, all clean. Which the costume's clean. For a, for a clean. second, you're supposed to, well, you think, maybe maybe the conductor guy is just hallucinating. Crazy. He's going crazy. Yeah. But then the only thing that proves that not to be the case, nope. the, the yep. mirror's already broken, because yeah. like, he says, how did he break that mirror? Did he have a hammer or something? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did he, so he's he's a magician, and... All right, so where did the... So he got the rid blood? of the body. He, well, he got rid of all the blood and, and the body. Clean, and the body, and clean the costume. Well, he ain't cut his arm off, because he uses And it. cut his hand off to fuel up this poor girl. That Kenny, man. He is very resourceful, let me tell you. There must be a washer and dryer, or the... He's a magician and a dry cleaner. Uh, like I said, I mean, if they wanted to and explain it, just be like, he actually can perform, like, real magic. I'm like, okay, that actually makes yeah. somewhat kind of like, sense. Because, like, you're right. The whole, like, the bathroom scene. Like, how did he manage to, like, like professionally clean, clean a crime That's what we were saying, right. Like, and the costume. Because he's wearing the costume right, exactly. after. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, how did he launder that? <laughs> he's in a, matter, in a matter, And that's the thing is, I, I honestly... It's gonna bug me until I do it. So at some point, I'm gonna to have to like try to map chronologically out. map out where Kenny is time at this it. time because now we're back at a show where now Kenny is the assistant. So uh, I don't know. I, I I'm at a loss for words, and that happens very very infrequently on these but kinds of movies. Then when it gets to the face off scene, like when she the finally f- faces off with him, that ending is that fine. met all the normal. Yeah, I mean, the ending is when she runs into like the conductor's train mm-hmm. uh, car, the cage, and the guy's and sitting there, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" And she's talking to him, and then he's holding, like, he reaches out and holds her hands and looks mm-hmm. up. That was a good like aha moment. You're like, "Oh, it's him!" Yeah, and he's there, and he starts taking the mask off, mm-hmm. and then he starts with the to bring it full circle. He starts the kiss me, kiss me, which is what she was saying to him at the, in the very of the first movie. scene. Yep. 
So it all kind of ties together. So, around. I mean, I think that the, the latter part of it, 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 it redeemed itself for me. Yeah. And I do like the ending part where it's, um, you know, she kind of pulls herself in the cage, like locks the cage. And it's like a, it's like a wire, like almost like chicken booth cage. And he's got this long pole and he starts smashing the lights out and he starts jamming it in there without, you know, that part got fun. Oh, and then very, she, um, she very... took the, the paper spindle off the desk and, and in the eye and gave him a good yeah, a little, jab to the one too. Well, yeah. she got him with a sword or something too. She she stabbed him once. That's how it started the first when the when the when the, the face off first area. started. She stabbed him from behind once. I think uh, like in the shoulder or something. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it, it's a fun movie. I won't say it's a good movie. And I think what makes me angry about this movie is. I do really like the idea of it. I really like the whole mystery horror on a train, mass killer that isn't what we think of as mass killers when we think of like Michael Myers and Jason. It's like you see them and you know who it is. Whereas this one, you just see costumes. It's a costume party. Killer could be anybody. Because, as we said, the killer mostly off screen, mostly off screen. Yeah. The kills mostly off screen. Yeah, and that's and and maybe that, they were going for like you know you you imagine things worse than they are mm-hmm. if they show it to you, but that's not what a slasher film is supposed to do. No, a slasher film. Well, just, I mean, slap, to be you know. totally honest with you, you say that, but in this time period, a lot of slasher movies did that. Um, like, even Friday the Thirteenth was very much most of those kills were off screen. The, the the gory parts that you remember are like the, Texas the Chainsaw ladder. Massacre. Even th- even that movie was it more the more original seventy than you remember seventy seven seventy eight. Whenever that movie came out, again, it was very off screen. Yeah, it was terrifying because your mind would tell you. Worst, the, the worst things you could ever think of are happening in your head. So maybe that was the that's intent, why. I mean, yeah. Even with Halloween, the Halloween is remembered to be one of the you know one of the craziest, bloodiest horror movies of all time. But there's no blood in it. There's like very, very, very little blood actually shown in that movie. So it's it's very much of the of the era to say that you know you don't really see the kill, you only right. see the aftermath of it. So I guess looking at through their the perspective of yeah, and to of, me, of the modern fact, of modern day lens versus nineteen. And that's exactly yeah. You're you're looking at it through like we watch like you you go and we'll, we'll watch like some of the more recent movies like the the, the newest Halloween movie, which is very uh, very in your face, gory, cut, very that's gory. You know now, yeah. Um, but back then it was more you know we only have so much money we can't really do you know <laughs> VFX and, and all that stuff to get to be like. The, the full effect so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put like a dead body in a room and cover it with fake blood mm-hmm. and it's gonna be go- you know to, to, to today's standards and sensibilities it's goofy but back then I mean that was pretty shocking only for the for, you know for the 1980s yeah and um, this <laughs> we're on that scene now where the the lizard man is is completely covered in blood with a bottle of whiskey in his mouth well blood, I have to admit all like, over the place he may be an accomplished actor, but his reactions to this are so like he doesn't give a oh shit. Oh my gosh, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Body. They you paid this. That, like, they paid this guy as soon as it was done. They're like, here's your check. As soon as production wraps, you get your check. It's like perfect. There. Tell me the time I'll be there. And clocked in, clocked out. This movie was an ATM to this guy. Came in, took his sure, money, and for left. Sure. And I think that's. Like I said before, it's kind of like they were going for that Sam Loomis. Let's bring in an accomplished actor, and he can play like the wise old. You yeah, know. he's not the antagonist or the protagonist. No, but he's, he's a strong just, figure. He's a strong secondary character that can kind of lead the second half of the movie. 
Um, he's like a he was a he was a champion like championship um, like rodeo cowboy. Really? Before this. And, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and the, the the way the story went, the way he got to acting was is he was delivering horses to L.A. or whatever for a movie, and got into stunt work, uh, and yeah, then and that's got into how acting. That works, yeah. Nah, this side note: If you've ever seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a really good representation of that kind of that style. story. This is a movie that I kind of almost want it to be like remade or like redone because I really That's, like the idea. I was wondering, of it. like, is 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 that Midnight Meat Train kind of like a spiritual successor to a movie like this? Like, not saying it's a direct, it's yeah, a direct but it remake, has that idea. But I it's guess. got that idea of like a mass killer or murderous individual on a train. Where's and, uh, Where's Jordan Peele when you need him? Let's have him dig the bones <laughs> up of this movie and redo that one too. So just rewrite it and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, just rewrite I mean, you write your version. Honestly, I think we could. This you is could, a, I mean, you could do it. I mean, like we said in the beginning of this episode, is that a movie like this, it's a great premise because you're in a small enclosed space and you're being hunted by somebody that you can't get away from because you're in a train. What would you replace the magician with? What, what would the like uh, act what would be the, or the entertainment the, or the, the pseudo the, like... I mean, at this point, you'd have to pull some real obscure, stupid, like... It'd be like a TikTok, like, famous person. Like, an someone, yeah, is it'd be it, some dumb a, influence influencer that says, come take well, a picture with so-and-so. So, like, tag if you here, were to remake here. this movie or do, like, a newer, ver- like, a Today version of yeah, it, it could. would have to be something like that. I, I'd almost see this it'd more of, like, social. a Blumhouse movie. Yeah. Like, because they've done that where, like, Happy Death Day yeah. or, like, that goofy, and, like, yeah. off-kilter horror movie, which works because it's, like... People, t- kids today can relate to it because that, that, that's me on screen. Like mm-hmm. that's who I am. So yeah, it would have to be some sort of like influencer get together. And at this point like, too, you'd have to make it the train be almost like a like going through a cave or an underground train, so nobody's cell phones are working. Exactly. Because now that's a problem you'd have to run in well, with I mean, today's could, day and age versus you could that. Potentially, you could potentially like have a jammer. Or no, a, not even that. It's like you because these train excursions usually happen up in like mountainous, middle of nowhere, remote yeah, areas. So yeah. it could be like what you would do is you would base it like like kind of like Hostel did, yeah. where you take like three, you take like a group of American backpackers or, or, or students that are having an adventure in some random remote like right. but even Eastern they, European country even if and they're, they're taking a train excursion. Even if the cell service worked, you could make that like play into it. Part like, of it. People on the other end of the phone are like, you're 15 hours from the closest place. We, yeah. we're, we're trying to get there. And like, that could be the panicking calls back yeah. and forth. You have and your like, timer going, your mental timers. Yeah. No, there's, I mean... Like there's I, ways to do it. This is, it's, guess, is it's a point. fun idea of a movie and I, maybe that's why I'm more disappointed with it and why I have more of a bad taste in my mouth because I, really like the idea i love so the you stupid liked the costumes. story and didn't like the execution yeah i like i like the i like the idea of it i like the stupid costumes i like that 80s slasher i love that style and, and just a, just, just a, a just lot a, of plot one flaws. of the twists that you can pick up on is at this point where he left the um his assistant the coach guy or whatever they call his the the, the not the conductor but his helper conductor <laughs> yeah well he's, they all have their names on their hats yeah, so yeah, you yeah, can just yeah, see yeah. what it says they got the nice big metal plates on their hats you start to think He's the killer because he cleaned up the like mess. He, maybe he helped clean up the mess and he saw it before. Yeah, got him back up and running. But he's kind of looking at him like you're making brace this man. up. Brace, See, you're break, crazy. He's the break man. He's the break man. Yeah, <laughs> the break man. No, this just it's a fun movie. It, it's driver. a fun little idea that just didn't completely. And like you said, I think it comes. I think it's poorly executed because of the fact that the studios were in a slasher frenzy. They needed to get something out, and like you mentioned, the the guy had a dream about this, wrote it down, and then from what I saw too, is the next morning by three p.m. this movie was greenlit. 
he had contacted the studios and the studio yeah. already greenlit it based off of you, an idea I that mean, came up the night before. I, so I, I think they, they rushed through to just get it out. I forget the actual number, but I, I saw, I think it was like in the time between, in the time between um, Friday 13th 1 and part 2, there had been like 120 plus slasher movies made mm-hmm. because all the studios were just pushing to get this yeah. stuff out because holy crap, they made a movie for 30 grand and they made you know, thirty million dollars on right. it in eighties yeah. money. So it's like they all wanted to cash. They all try to. They all try to get the lightning in the it's bottle. It's a huge and, multiplier, and this kind of falls into that group. And of, it's like you can tell because like they're not trying hard. That is like let's just get this out, and yeah. we're gonna make money. Like it's here's, obviously gonna make us money. Here's the template for a slasher. Yeah, like you need exactly your, your ten costume characters. murder on train done. Right. And then if you if you if you watch the ending confrontation between Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee's character and the killer. It's so obviously Halloween. Yeah. Like she's being cornered into, into a small space where she can't get out of. She stabs him and, in the eye. She stabs him <laughs> in the friggin' eye. Like with, with, with a random weapon. I want to know that when you when the frat guys had a party on a train, somebody brought the yearbook. It's like, hey, Grant, you get the cooler beer. All right, yeah, I got that. You got the music. Yeah, you got you your got, parrot costume. Yeah, yeah. You got the, 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 oh, wait, grab the Let's grab the yearbook. So they break the open the yearbook during the train ride. Yeah. That's how they like try to find Kenny in it. Yeah. I mean, sure. Again, that's one of those like... Well, it, it's, a, it's, the, it's not so much... A, not really a deus ex machina, but it's along those lines where it's like, this is really convenient for the plot. It's like, we mm-hmm. happen to have this on the train with us. That's. I mean, those are my general. Yeah, I really thoughts don't for this have movie. a ton of thoughts on other than that. Like, I love the. Uh, I do love the killing of the killer, Kenny. That super fake body just getting thrown out of the train and smashing onto the ice and going into the river. To be going over a bridge, a trestle, yeah, and like it of falls down. As yeah, it just is so clearly just like a. But I might have missed it, like in in true fashion. At the end of the movie, like, did they show him like starting to sit up out of the water? No, they just. From what I remember, they just show it like floating, floating away. away. Like, isn't it supposed to at the end? They're supposed to be, like supposed to see the hand come up out of the ice. Yeah, and, it's like sequel. Well, it, it, Terror again, Train they, Two. They, they all do that. Like all these movies follow that tempo, where it's like well, the killer is supernatural in some way. Mm-hmm. He, he he or she really can't die, and and I think that they go hard on that in this one. Like they even get stabbed in the head with a with a what do you call it a paper spindle or spindle or whatever. It's like. So you're telling me he's obviously supernatural because he can get stabbed in the head with a gigantic spike and survive. Like, that's the thing. And again, obviously, it works in a lot of movies like, you know, Halloween or Friday the 13th where the killer is very much supernatural and can withstand more than a normal human can. But, like, it seems like they're all following that formula where it's like he plays practical jokes on all these all these kids and slaughters them for no reason other than the fact that he's mad about it. <laughs> it's played on him three years prior would you recommend this movie to anybody? no <laughs> well no i mean obviously i mean for the people that listen to us obviously they they, they like this type of stuff so yeah go watch it anyone that's like listening to us to like, like movie recommendations i don't know it's it, i mean it's a fun i i would i guess it's i guess it's fun in a way i just i was so i turned this off three times i it took me Three attempts to get through the this first, movie. Like I said, about the first forty minutes, like nothing it's really so happened. Slow. And I looked like nothing had really happened. They didn't do any real story progression. No character depth. Nobody had really got slaughtered yet. And I it was like 40, 45 minutes. And then I, I another thing, I looked down and I'm like, it's like forty minutes, and there's still like fifty five minutes to go. And I was like, like oh, what's gonna man. happen here? I, I, I will tell you this. 
I had more fun watching Thanks Killing than I did watching this movie. Uh, I was going to say at least this probably this is probably a couple notches above the Thanksgiving movie. And that's that's my thing too. Is I, I if we're going on a fun factor, Thanks Killing was more fun. Yeah, for exactly. Because it's, it's a lot more fun. There's those so degrees stupid. of like two different. I think two different genres. It's, one's and like, it's very yeah. one's like mocking. Yes horror films it's a bad and one a, is doing a bad job of trying to be a serious and it's, horror film. exactly and this is oh yeah for sure yeah thanks exactly killing is a very it. bad movie but it knows it and it's it's there right. to make a bad movie this movie thought it was good and just made a bad movie based off of bad movie well, decisions guess, and bad for me, script I guess, work. I guess i guess bad is not the right term i just think it's, it's just it's a poorly executed movie it's like like a lot of these 80s clones where it's a lot like of missteps i mean they're, they're, they're literally they're just made as a template and they're made to make money so you can have a good time watching it because like you know where it's going you understand where it's going to end and you can kind of figure out halfway through that it's, oh all right so it's it was this person all along oh you know woo, you know yeah. so would i recommend it sure would i go ahead and watch it again myself probably not i mean i'd I've watched it been, once or twice. Yeah, done I mean, it now. There's plenty more. These are these are dime a dozen. I guess there's hundreds of them. So it's like you know, no, it's and I would not recommend this movie. I don't think it's special. I think the idea is cool, but I don't think it does anything with it. It does anything. It's, yeah, it doesn't, it's all it doesn't it is. do anything. It's a cool it. idea. It's not nothing. And it do. honestly just makes you mad that it was a cool idea that went so, so array. We when we talked about our Friday the Thirteenth episode, when we mm-hmm. talked about our top movies in that series i think what jay what they did with jason takes manhattan was a better idea of what they were trying to do with this and that's i forgot to bring where that up but that's like, kind of similar where you were like i like the part where they're on the boat and this is very much that feel where it's these characters are trapped but the thing that they lose sight of in this movie is they don't know they're trapped until it's way too late so it right. doesn't you don't get any of that right. tension the, or that, like we, that fear and like we had said in that episode is that Friday the 13th movies know exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. They're a movie for you to go watch Jason slaughter teenagers. And yeah. Like, he's the main draw. He's the badass that, yep. you know... It's, it's not a smart movie. And this movie's trying to be smart. Exactly. And, yep. it, and it's probably because this movie's obviously a lot... A lot... was made a lot sooner than that movie. Like, this movie came out probably 10 years before... 80. I mean, so Manhattan was... Manhattan was like 90s. 90... 91, 92, or maybe even soon. Maybe it was 89. I forget when it was, but it was later. So obviously they'd learned a lot of those lessons. But yeah, yeah it's it, but it's the same idea where it's like you've got a group of people trapped in a small space with mm-hmm. you know someone who's obviously willing to do them harm. And so that's, I don't know. And that's my thing is it took too long for the characters to know they were in harm's way. It took until, what, 40, 30 minutes left in the movie before they understood that people were getting killed. Yeah, it, it, and, that, and that's what makes this movie so just slow and I, I not to say that slow burns aren't good movies there are a lot of movies that are slow burns that are great movies this is just slow for no reason no it's just they, I, was, I mean the thing is like, and the problem is they started the movie you know pretty much people dying like, so somebody gets killed in the beginning of the movie and then it takes like you said Kevin 40 minutes before it gets to the next kill so it's like mm-hmm. why do you start it like that and then be super slow with it for the next yeah, I want these characters to know that they're in harm's way pretty early on right. in this movie so we to can do... have that that build of and you don't need to do an hour of character building you don't have to do that to make these movies no. good you have to just establish who the characters are that are in danger and who the character is that is going to cause the danger and build up that way and there's no reason to like start it fast slow down and then ramp right back up again yeah no 
Well, so. this is the second person that got killed in the movie. And how far in hour? Yeah, we have 51, 51 minutes in. It's the second person so that gets killed on the train. I mean... Out of an hour and a half. I mean, it's one of those things where if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're a junkie like us and you have to just watch all of these corny 80s slash movies, mm-hmm. check it out. If you're looking for intellectual horror movies, this is not, not the place to look. And, he, and the conductor hasn't told anybody yet. So yeah, so there's still 40 minutes some, of no 50 one 50-something minutes in and... And yeah. the main body of characters don't know there, there's anything going on. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's one of my biggest like gripes with it is yeah. that the, the, I feel like the purpose of this being on a train is to have that enclosed fear. fear of you can't escape this. This movie could have just been at a house party where you could have just left because the train aspect of it doesn't serve a purpose well, until it, 30 minutes in. It gets to that point where like, they don't want to get back on off. the train and they know they're trapped in there. Yeah. But it's like the last Too late 20 minutes at that point, of the movie. Yep. Which at that, that point... That contained fear. Mm-hmm. Where's the killer? He's among us here somewhere. Could have been most of the train ride. Correct, yeah. And that's one of the bigger things. Again, good idea. Just didn't work the right way. Well, I think that's all we got for this movie for terror train you you two beat this one up enough already you're you're beating a dead horse now (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry to the director i mean you tried maybe he'll tweet us i don't know probably not but we got a tweet from the other director that we did we did we we got a tweet from the um better watch out better watch out movie really cool but terror train you better watch out because i'm coming for you if you ever try and make another goddamn movie like this it's been it's been what 40 years i don't know if they're gonna make it i might be able to i might be able to take him at this point (laughs) get catch him up in his old age all right, guys. That is all. I don't think we really have anything planned up for the next coming weeks because we have just been absolutely swamped yeah, with holidays we, and nonsense. Yeah, we, and we skipped a week, so we've, we this is this is we got some stuff coming on on the back burner that we're going to be kind of going through in the next couple of weeks. But until then, this is Nick and this is Seamus and this is Kevin. Happy haunts. again i would just like to thank vampire stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music so if you would just go check him out spotify facebook again that is vampire stepdad